Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. All right, we've got you locked in. Locked in. Ian Rod B. We're getting ready for conference play in the Big 12. Longhorns, road trip, Waco. Somebody texted in another interesting comment and said uh, when Dave Aranda lost Joey McGuire, he lost his recruiting. And that, that could be a good point right there. No, Jerry Hamilton said that actually uh, a couple of days ago. Jerry Hamilton said nice. basically when Joey McGuire left, he took a lot of the recruiting aces like the Rainmakers from Dave Aranda and Dave Aranda's connection to Texas high school football. And that's a big part of why the talent acquisition has failed for Dave Aranda in the yeah. last couple of years. So that makes a lot of sense because Joey McGuire, he's, even though he's got some uh, uh, unexpected losses to start the season, everybody agrees the talent infusion there at Texas Tech is real. They're definitely a more, yeah. they're getting more talent than they have in previous years. Yeah, and that you know that's credit to Matt Rule, the Nebraska coach. Now, when he came into Baylor, he hired three high school coaches: mm-hmm. one from the Metroplex, one from Central Texas here, one from you know, Joey McGuire was the Metroplex hire, one down from San Antonio to be able to recruit up and down, help build relationships up and down I thirty five. Smart move, very smart. And uh, Dave Aranda has not kept that train going. That's why the program seven and nine since they won the Big Twelve championship, they've lost their last six games against Power Five schools. Yeah, including two this year to Utah and to uh, Texas State. Yeah, and Matt Rule kept that going, too. Didn't he have the UIL director or yes, former he did. UIL director? Dr. Susan Elza, yeah. yeah up there oh, at Nebraska. Yeah. He so understands he's got the same recipe. He's that pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to have it, without a doubt. Okay, uh, Texas will be at Baylor. They're a two-touchdown-plus favorite in that game, but uh, we'll hear from the always exciting Dave Aranda here in a moment in our headlines. Also previewing the game tonight, uh, Giants at Niners to start uh, week three of the NFL. And uh, we, we assess the dumpster fire that's happening in Chicago with the Bears. That's not good. Quarterbacks talking about bad coaching. Coaches resigning. Coaches being raided by the FBI. Mm-mm. Oh, man. Not good. Rough. They bad play the news. Chiefs this weekend. Yeah, even more bad news. Golly. So on top of all that, yeah, you got to play the defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah, it's not going to be good. And they're coming off a game where they had they probably got they probably had a hard week of coaching. Because they played a game against Jacksonville, and it wasn't a perfect game. You oh, could argue by any stretch. Yeah, they, they, had a, they had no business really winning that game, except they have championship DNA and pedigree, and they figured out a way to win it in clutch time. And their defense was excellent. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a problem solver. I mean, he found ways to, to win that game for that team. Because, you know, who's under a little bit of fire, at least under a microscope in Kansas City, is Matt Nagy, the former Bears head coach, because he replaced Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. as the OC. And Eric bieniemy has got the Washington Commanders and Sam Howell at 2-0. And uh, the, the Chiefs' offense has has struggled uh, here early, 
Turnovers, penalties, drop passes, a lot of things that uh, we aren't used to seeing. I from love the that Matt Nagy is getting credit for calling the plays. Eric Bieniemy, when they were doing well, couldn't get credit. Well, he's for getting blamed. He's, no, getting blamed. he's getting blamed. He's getting blamed. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, what's so Eric Bieniemy didn't get any of the credit when they were killing it and they were balling out of control and the best offense in the league. But now Nagy's getting all the blame because the offense isn't performing at eye level. It's like, what's going on Doesn't here? Andy, Andy Reid's got a sweet gig. Andy Reid's had a sweet gig, man. He does. Does Andy Reid not call plays? No. Well, they, he it's, does. A, it's a collaborative. He does. It's a collaborative. It's, yeah, yeah, he does. Well, but, but and he just said that Eric B. He did admit Eric B. did call plays. He was like, no, he calls plays. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, and remember, when Eric B. got to, to, to the Washington Commanders this offseason, the accusation from some players, he was too too tough. He was too <laughs> hard on him. And he well, said, no, this is just the barrier we're playing he's like, to. This coaching, guys. Like, yeah, it's a coaching. Yeah, yeah, y'all just don't know about real coaching. That's why y'all suck. Like, this is real coaching. This is how it, it happens well, they've every day. Well, they've looked pretty sharp <laughs> on offense so far. And then the Chiefs, meanwhile, yeah. without him, are looking a little discombobulated so far, but I got to think Travis Kelsey's going to have a good. I think I think you'd have to have a little bit of a skip in your step if you were dating T Swizzle. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they're, they've uh, Swift. Yes, and they've tried to reinvigorate the confidence of Kadarius Tony. You can tell in that last game they yeah. were force feeding the football to him. They want him to get over and that Sky mental Moore. block. They're trying to get Sky Moore going. Yeah, he had trying a big to get those, wide, those young wideouts going. Young wideouts, they need them. And, yeah, they yeah. may trade for one though. I still think they might trade for yeah, one. Yeah, if they later get better on. here in the next couple yeah. of games, you may see that. They may for trade sure. for one. And, and you know when I say confidence with Travis Kelsey, right? You just have a little more skip in oh, your step because you're, come you're, you're dating T Swizzle. You right? date right? the biggest pop star in the world. It, it, I, think I, it, I think it helps with your confidence. Could you could you argue <laughs> that the same, the opposite is true for Deshaun Watson? That his confidence is is shot because of what went on, and everybody he knows, everybody looks at him everybody differently judges now. Judges him? Oh yeah, yeah. In his own locker room, everybody's judging. Yeah. Everybody knows what was going on. Like, dude, you're weird. Yep. No doubt, he does, I, he's not. Remember, it was it was it was Dabo Swinney who called him the you know, Mike, Superman and or Michael, Jordan Michael Jordan, Jordan cleans, right? Says that Michael Jordan the football. Yeah, and, and he, he was. looked like it a little early on. We're like, whoa, actually, he's pretty damn good. Was like, then Michael Jordan was like, don't associate. Well, now he looks like dude. a shell of who he was. <laughs> yeah, he did. And, yeah. and you know, I think we saw some of that with Tiger Woods when his when his house of cards collapsed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When when all the secrets were revealed and it was out there, he he was. And the injuries came in for him too with Tiger, and his body fell apart. Same yeah. time, there's just you know when you're when your per- personal life becomes a wreck, it affects your professional life. It has well, to. and if it was a wreck, you were just everybody, hiding it by very the way, well. in any profession. That's matter. right. <laughs> it can wreck your life. Well, and yeah. and you know in that sport, and you've got to have the confidence of your locker room and your public. You know, yeah, it's been two figure. years. He said he had you know all last year on this entire offseason for him to grasp and take back control of that offense in Cleveland, and it doesn't look anything close. Even though they beat the Bengals in Week One, twenty-four to three, he wasn't a big part of it. He's thirty-first in completion percentage, twenty-fourth in passing yards, fifth in sacks allowed uh, by. Obviously, that's not that's like more of a team stat, but it's a quarterback stat too. And he's thirtieth in QBR. Baker Mayfield right now <laughs> is leading Deshaun Watson. I'm not making this up in pass yards. Yards, TD passes, yards per attempt, completion percentage, passer rating, uh, interceptions. It has fewer penalties. QBR, you name it. Baker Mayfield right now, the former playing, Browns quarterback, playing at a much higher level than Deshaun Watson. So, uh, yeah, that's well, that's and an kind of like the Bears. Cleveland's never developed a great quarterback. Maybe you know organizations matter too. Organizational, yeah, incomp- organizational incompetence, and I, which but is Sean's got to own some of that too. I believe. Well, they they signed him to a fully guaranteed deal <laughs> in the midst of having how many? I don't know, twenty something, twenty six allegations and civil lawsuits against him for sexual misconduct, and they still signed him to the second uh, fully guaranteed deal for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean that's probably organizational 
ineptitude. Hey, let's get to yeah. our headlines to start our 7 o'clock hour. Then Rod's got a rant, and uh, we'll get you, get you cranking on this Thursday morning. Top Gun, rentals and lawn equipment, bring it to you. Start with uh, the Longhorns. Texas and Baylor have played 112 times since 1901, including every season since 1944. This Saturday night at McLean Stadium might be the last. Of course, as the uh, Longhorns begin their Big 12 farewell tour in Waco. Game coming up at 6.30. Bears are off to a 1-2 and two start. Texas is 3-0 and oh with three double-digit wins to start the season. Ranked number three in the country. Dave Aranda, uh, even though his team has struggled, fully aware of the significance of this game. I can't tell you how many times um, this offseason it's been, um, hey, Dave, just win one game, please. You know, and so that has been brought up to me multiple, multiple times. And so, um, you know, I can I, I, I sense it and I know it. And, um, you know, I'm I'm blessed and more blessed to be able to do something about it. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Texas is going to expect a raucous and uh, loud environment Saturday night. Baylor has announced the game is a sellout. Then the program has distributed more student tickets than ever before to a game at McLean Stadium. NFL Week 3 kicks off tonight. Giants are at San Francisco. Home opener for the for the Niners off to a 2-0 start, both on the road. Giants will have be without their best player. Saquon Barkley officially ruled out with that ankle injury. Game kicks just after 7 o'clock. Uh, a trade in the NFL war that the Rams have moved disgruntled running back Cam Akers to the Minnesota Vikings. Adam Schefter reports the teams will swap draft picks in 2026 as part of the deal. On the pitch, Austin FC's season and playoffs hopes still alive. But barely. Sebastian Drews, his late goal, goal late in the first half on a header off a corner kick in the Big Apple, helped El Tree play to a 1 1 draw with the New York Red Bulls at 9 13 and 7 on the year, 34 points. They're in the 12th spot in the Western Conference, four points out of a playoff spot. They have a must win game this Sunday night when they face the LA Galaxy at Q2 Stadium. In Major League Baseball, we mentioned the three teams atop the AL West, and the race remains the same this morning. Houston and Texas and Texas and Seattle all posted day game wins yesterday. So Houston up by a half game over Texas and Seattle. All three teams are off today. Also last night, Round Rock dropped their second straight in Tacoma 5-2. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right, um, this weekend, uh, got a couple of uh, great college football games that we got a preview to coming up because this is basically the best college football weekend, if you're talking about just ranked matchups, since like 2006. Yeah. You haven't had this many ranked matchups in one weekend since 2006. It's been a really long time. This it, And he warned y'all about it. Tried to warn y'all about it last week. <laughs> but uh, this weekend is the weekend you want to make sure that uh, you, you devote some time. Very few I'm distractions. About six to eight hours. Or more. <laughs> yeah. Or more. more, more. You can start more. at 11 a.m. with Oklahoma, <laughs> Cincinnati, Florida State, uh, you know, that Clemson. He says more. Gosh, Wife, I don't know. Yeah, I think you got to pick like two. Okay, out of all the games, what would be your top two that you got? Like these two I got to watch. I got to watch the whole game. There's some. I can only you ain't get gonna two? Be to watch, watch. You ain't going to be able to watch all of them. I'm going to try. The whole way. <laughs> No, uh, uh, look. Like you, I mean, for, you got to watch Texas too, and that's not one of the games. Yeah, you gonna watch Texas, I have to and watch that Texas. Ain't, exactly, and that's not one of the games. So that's gonna be three hours out of your day right there. Oh, I have other TVs going, but I'll be doing the uh, Inside Texas <laughs> watch with us. The, if, yes, no some doubt. Broadcast on which, Texas football. You know, lots of look. I mean, that's that's uh, that was why I told you and the guy, everybody, our audience last week, get ahead of it because this is the week you're gonna want to you know strap yourself to the couch at 11 a.m. and not move until maybe midnight. 
uh, except to go to the bathroom and get another get another cold drink. But uh, I mean, it's an all day cookie this week, Rod. And so if I had to pick two, yeah, yeah, you your your top two of like the. The, right, ranked, the ranked matchups. I'm going to pick two ranked, and I'm going to pick two not ranked matchups because I got to see Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, the environment, the, uh, yeah. the, the traditions that's, of those programs. That's the big one. That, to me, that's the big one. And that kicks yeah. the same time Texas does. Damn it. Uh, 6.30. <laughs> Damn. Damn, because now, oh, man, that, that's a disappointing case. sharp when you need it. I could de- <laughs> Dang. It's all right. It's okay. Because I'm going to DVR it, but I'm going to get updates on it the whole damn time. I know. So I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna lose all the suspense. Yeah, no Damn question. It. And obviously at two thirty, you got to be watching Colorado and Oregon, right? That's must see TV. Honestly, there's a chance that Colorado, Oregon guys gets higher ratings than Notre Dame, Ohio State. There's a chance, and if and, it happens, and or, and or Bama, Ole Miss, which is at the same time. Oh yeah, if it happens, e that would be kind of something unprecedented. Remember, it almost beat Texas, Bama. When they played, who was they played that weekend? Was it Nebraska? Uh, uh, when Texas played well, Alabama. Col- they, yeah, they played Colorado Nebraska. Played, they, they, they got close. And they, it wasn't that good of a game. And it wasn't that good of a game. They got close. I think they got like 8.6, something like that, million. There's a chance Colorado, Oregon could end up beating Notre Dame, Ohio State. That would be mind-blowing. And as I said a minute ago with the Big 12, I mean, at 2.30, well, you have Bama Ole Miss and you have the or Colorado, Oregon game uh, at Duckland. I want to see that at Kansas – BYU game because, I do too. because those yeah. are two future opponents for Texas, including a week from Saturday for Kansas for the Longhorns. That's a good one. So for for our job and for what we do, I need to see those two teams because BYU will play in Austin and Kansas will be here in a week. So that's a game I need to see too. So I like just that. a ton of games to keep your eyes on on Saturday. That's too many good ones, without man. a doubt. Hey, uh, Rod, before you get the rant going, yes, let me sir. mention our friends at the League uh, Kitchen and Tavern. Four great locations. And, look, if you want to get out tonight and have a date night and get ahead of this weekend, but also keep up with what's going on over there at the uh, the NFL game, I always say the League Kitchen and Tavern at all their locations are so versatile uh, for you. If you want to get out and do that date night, get ahead of the weekend so you can sit and watch football all weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, do it tonight at the League, any of their locations. They've got that uh, the menu, which offers the rustic American comfort foods made from scratch. Uh, the, the the chef has those monthly specials as well, uh, the, the monthly specials that they rotate. That keeps the the, the menu fresh. Their, their daily menu for lunch and dinner is phenomenal. But then you add the new chef specials every month, like the crab cakes this month, the uh, pumpkin spice Negroni. Uh, that the, you also have the uh, short beef stroganoff, uh, short rib beef stroganoff. Fried catfish is a special in the month of August uh, or, and into September now. So check it out. Uh, any of their four locations uh, of the Lee Kitchen and Tavern, love them. Their newest is out there in the Hill Country Galleria, the Bee Cave location, Belterra out by Dripping Springs, Avery Ranch, and Lakeway. It's the League Kitchen and Tavern online at theleaguekitchen.com. Welcome to the League. I need to go to the League. You know, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Uh, yeah, I do need to go to the league. I've never been. It's great. Uh, I keep the hearing about one it. To you is going to be. I know where you live. So. Ripping the Belterra. Yeah, I think you're great right location. About that. Great location. Uh, and, and again, you guys get the the the. the the bar areas, they got TVs, and so you can just sit at the bar if you wanted to and watch the game, or if you want to sit over in the formal dining room. Their brunches are great, Rod. I know. And now I've heard they got the, the, the fried chicken. Oh. oh so like a certain day, like on the weekend, they got some fried chicken Food's I got to taste, too. So Food's amazing. I know. That's one. That's on my list. I got to I gotta get out I'd there. Also, I'd say, while well, well, your guy's giving you some tips, that Hill Country Galleria location, you can you know, get a spot at the bar, watch the game, and, and wifey can shop. 
It's right there in the mall. Oh, I don't know how to encourage that. <laughs> I don't need to encourage that, E. <laughs> Your wife's like almost about to pop. Pregnant. She is. She, she is. needs some some out time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but man, encouraging her to to, to have uh, that shopping, that retail therapy. Baby needs clothes. Uh, baby, oh, baby's got lots of clothes. She coming. It's like that Dion's. Like, we coming? Oh, she coming. <laughs> she coming. <laughs> uh, all right, Roger Brad, let's get into this a little bit. Uh, okay. I've been giving crazy cowboy stats lately. Yes. Uh, just because of how dominant the defense has been. And I got I got another one. So one of my favorite stats, you've heard me talk about it even for the Longhorns, is havoc rate. Uh for those who don't know, havoc rate is basically splash plays by the defense. Any splash play, a sack, a tackle for loss, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, interception, um, you know, a PBU. These are considered splash plays by the defense, and they call them havoc plays. That's it. And Texas led the uh, Big 12 in Havoc rate, actually, just sidebar, last season, hoping that's the case this year. But the Cowboys, Havoc rate, and these are, this is Havoc rate is which takes, you know, all the different things I just named and divides them by total place. That's the Havoc rate. Cowboys, Havoc rate is over 80% right now. Oh. That, <laughs> that, over 80%, all right? The number two team in Havoc rate is the New Orleans Saints. They're at fifty nine percent havoc rate. That's usually considered really good, right? To be around 60 percent havoc rate, that's considered good. Man, the Cowboys are at eighty percent, guys. That is freaky stuff. And honestly, this weekend it's probably going to continue to be on that pace, considering uh, the opponent they have. And you know, the Arizona Cardinals are not really a team that can put up much of a fight. So there you go. Havoc rate. The Cowboys are the most opportunistic and the most chaos chaos causing, <laughs> havoc wreaking defense in the NFL. And it ain't even close. So you'll watch the 49ers tonight. Watch the havoc plays that I just mentioned. Those splash plays on defense. Because that's something that's setting the Cowboys defense apart, too. Is that they're making not only are they a kind of a suffocating defense, but it's the the splash plays they throw out there are just I mean every they got a lot of guys that can make those types of plays. All right, we got some sound from Dan Quinn. Shout out to my man Patrick because I believe he's the one that found the sound and it's good stuff. So Patrick Davis, host yes, of the my Sports man Complex, Davis. yes, five to seven. You should check it out because he does great work. And uh, is there Dan Quinn quotes? And it's Dan Quinn, two of them, one on disguising Micah Parsons uh, and trying to using him in different ways. And we've seen them move Micah Parsons around a lot. He's in the B gap. Sometimes he's off ball linebacker. Sometimes he's on the edge. They're moving him around a ton. And Dan Quinn is probably the, the leading mind on defense uh, for positionless football uh, in the NFL. He, he likes movable chess pieces. And even the guys he's brought with him, a lot of guys he can move around the chessboard. Um, the first cut ties the just a minute one. Let's talk. Let's, let's get the cut of Dan Quinn. Here's him just talking about disguising the uses of Michael Parsons and what ultimately led to uh, his, you know, his creativity. Right, the uh, the ability for him to create all of these different uh, packages to use and weaponize Michael Parsons in. Yeah, he's definitely he and others have pushed me to, you know, find out things that somebody can do. And so they don't have to come in for a, a specific package. But if they can be in the game and then we can move the pieces around, I thought that would be more valuable uh, as opposed to um, I remember a year ago, you know, a friend that I'd coached against had said we knew if it was three D linemen in him or four D linemen in him where he would be. And so I remembered that lesson and heading into the offseason to say, OK, that's a that's a 
good challenge for us to find how we can be in a package that we want to be, but make it look different without having to change, you know, an entire, you know, defensive package. So that is, you know, kind of the catalyst of why it got pushed to there. And JK does that, and Leighton does that, and some others. But uh, having that ability to to move around within. Um, and like I said, some of the guys in basketball have influenced me on that too, to say, here's a guy who can handle the ball, but he doesn't traditionally play a five, so how would you use a player like that? And so when you have somebody that has unique stuff, it's, it's, uh, it's forced me to you know, push myself in that direction too. There you go, talking about the, uh, the catalyst for his creativity, about how to weaponize Micah Parsons and the multiplicity in Micah's skill set. Uh, so I love that about Dan Quinn, and he's pretty open about you know, his blueprint on defense and I, I think honestly that's what's led to them being able to force so many turnovers too they have so many movable chess pieces the first thing a quarterback is trying to identify before the snap is who's playing what <laughs> who's responsible yeah, for what yeah, exactly breeze. right you you got this role you got this you're the edge defender this guy's the mike linebacker this guy's the strong safety this guy's the boundary you're trying to figure out all those things before the snap and dan quinn is giving you misinformation constantly He's moving all those pieces around so that you have more to process pre-snap. But then in addition to that, once the ball is snapped, he uses more twists and stunts than anybody else. So your offensive pass protections, they're confused post-snap and pre-snap. He rotates his safeties as much as anybody in the in the uh, NFL. So the quarterback's pre-snap diagnosis, that doesn't match the post-snap. It's just a, there's a lot to process post-snap with his offense, and it forces teams into making mistakes. And making a lot of mistakes and turn the football over. Rod's rants uh, a couple times a morning here on Ian Rod B. Can I play something for you? Go ahead. In relation to that, because I found this piece of sound. I was going to use it in uh, our what? Who said that? Who said segment that? coming up later in the show? But I'll go ahead and play it now. Uh, it's it's uh, former Cowboy safety Darren Woodson, oh, who yeah. I think is one. He's not in the Hall of Fame, but he should be. He I should think. be. Yeah. That's a great player on those great Cowboys teams. But he was uh, talking about Micah Parsons and asked. Uh, you know where this team, where this defense, in his mind, ranks among some of the best that the Cowboys have ever had. I'm the the old guy who's not going to say, well, you know, these guys are soft and these guys couldn't play with us. Are you out of your mind? I'm just asking. Number eleven, position. number eleven could have played in any era. He would have started in any era, and he would have been the best player on the field. I mean, he, this guy. It is amazing to watch Micah Parsons' first step and his awareness and his ability to attack the quarterback and attack the tackle or the guard or what. I mean, he is he is one of the most dominant players that I can remember watching. Yeah, that's Darren Woodson, high praise. Wow. And I think he sees what we all see. He's just yes, unblockable. It is. I mean, and now that the Cowboys have shorn up, I think, their secondary, this, this is part of why they've allowed 10 points in two games. And, yes, I know the Jets and Giants are both – Offensive line challenged, and that's that's mm-hmm. that, and they'll play better teams with better offensive lines and better quarterbacks this year. But man, but you still have to be able to get guys open, and you still have to, you know, it's coming. Even yeah. against good lines, exactly. Michael Parsons is going to get home. Agreed. Yeah, and he's and now uh, he's helping other guys. Like he's actually uplifting the play of others because he's getting so much attention. He's got so much gravity for the opposing team. They need to know where he is on every play. That other guys are getting freed up. Uh, uh, Oza Adigizua, he's got three sacks. Nobody's yeah. even paying attention to his three sacks. And he's from the middle. And he, exactly. On the interior, well, a lot of it's because they're moving uh, Micah around, twists and stunts, and he's getting matched up on you know blockers that he can easily uh, beat in one-on-one. So well, it's it, it, it's a domino effect, a butterfly effect that's a positive one all throughout the defense. Well, you've said it a lot, Rod, on this show and your previous show. I've heard you. Um, 
and so it's credit, but at the same time, it bears repeating. When the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons with the 12th pick, the, coming off the COVID year, mm-hmm. where he didn't even play. Didn't even play. They weren't sure what they were getting, right? They're, they're kind of, because they wanted a corner back in that draft. And all the top corners had gone off the board, so they took the best next best defensive player, which was Micah Parsons, on their board. They realized pretty quickly what they had drafted. Mm-hmm. And since they realized that, because you can see a, an all-time great player pretty quickly uh, on the practice Doesn't field. Doesn't take long. They have, you know, and this is where as much criticism as we give to Jerry Jones, he and the Cowboys front office said, you know what, we're going to start building this thing around that guy. They did it fast. And they, yep. so they've drafted guys who can win individual pass rush on the D-line. Uh, the Odiggy Zuas, right? That was his strength coming out. And they've drafted and built this defense. And now you've empowered Mike McCarthy, who at least through two weeks has done an incredible job of calling plays that protect Dak Prescott uh, from throwing picks and not being too crazy. And that they still lead, even if you're trying to be more conservative offensively, Rob, mm-hmm. they still lead the NFL in points scored. There you go. Because they're getting them from their defense. Text Coast, baby. And uh, it looks like a good formula. Again, Complimentary football. It's That's not going to matter until January, but yep. they've built their – and Mike, I mean, a lot of times you'll build your team around a quarterback who's elite like Patrick Mahomes, and that's what the Chiefs have done. The Cowboys have built their team around Micah Parsons. Uh, they really have because yep. he's so special that if you can put other players that complement him around it, he's going to wreak havoc on every play. You keep him healthy, you're going to be hard to beat. And, um, you know, I, I think that's that's credit to the Cowboys and – you know the the good fortune of drafting Micah Parsons because no one really was sure what he was going to be because again that was the that was the COVID year he didn't play that year nope. at Penn State he only played a little bit of college football you knew he was a great athlete but I don't think anybody knew he was this guy all right we'll come back Rod that's Rod's rant when we do we'll hear by the way speaking of Dak Prescott two straight games now without a pick you didn't have that happen. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. For you back to the Longhorns in college football on this Thursday morning. Can I play this for you, Rod? We just talked about Michael Parsons and the yes, Cowboys sir. defense allowed 10 points through two games. And really, it's just one play. Um, gosh, the 68-yard touchdown, and Garrett Wilson is just a great player. Exactly. And, uh, he made a great play. Well, Zach Wilson made one throw. That's all the Cowboys have given up really all year um, in two games. And they'll play the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, which that could be even more devastation for Arizona. Well, here's Dak Prescott because uh, he, he's done his part, hadn't turned the football over. Cowboys lead the NFL in points scored. They're running the Texas Tex Coast offense. And uh, here's Dak getting a little snippy because people keep asking about, you know, the interceptions. Here's Dak at a, at a media availability this week. Two straight games now with, without a pick. You didn't have that happen all of last year. Is there anything that goes to what you've done this offseason so far? What about the year before that or the year before that or the year before that? Uh, you know, last year is last year. Um, and it's something, you know, I've left. And, you know, the interceptions, all that, it's, it's – I guess when you lead the league, it'll never go away. Um, but as I stated last year, uh, every one of them has their, has their, their story. Um, but that's not where my mind is. It's not something I think about, um, just being candid. I really don't care about the questions about him at this point. See, getting a little, little testy because he's pointed out something, Rod. You've said a lot that he has not been a turnover-prone quarterback in his career. He was last year for he sure. He was last year. Without a doubt, he, he just said that. I led the league, and I guess you own that. Mm-hmm. You have to. But he's also, before that, in his previous five or six years, was not a guy who turned the football over. No, is- I mean, his his career interception rate uh, is tied for eighth among active quarterbacks, or at least it was tied for eighth among active quarterbacks. And uh, two of the guys ahead of him were 
that were four-time quarterbacks. You're talking about he was tied with Joe Burrow. He was better than uh, Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson. And his basically 1.7% interception rate going into last season. And that was third among four-time starters at the time, and only Mahomes and Rodgers were better. So, yeah, last year it was really bad. I mean, it was bad. He was the worst quarterback taking care of the football in the league last year. You could make that argument, especially because he missed games and still ended up leading the league in interceptions. But that's that was that's the outlier. That's the exception for him. He has not been a careless, uh, error-prone quarterback throughout his time there in Dallas. So this season, he's just back on track to being what he was. Well, and that's, well, and <laughs> yeah. so my read of Dak is this right before he became a turnover machine last year. Um, you know, he was that quarterback who would manage the game. He would have some big games, but Cowboy fans would be frustrated with him because he couldn't make that big play in a big moment, right? Yeah. The, the really big games that you got to win. Got to win. That, okay. Playoffs, so, baby. So, so he gets the tag of game manager, that he's a really good leader and a good, you know, says everything right, leads the locker room, doesn't make mistakes, but will he make the big play you need in a cr- critical time? Well, That's last good, year man. he became both of those guys. He was a turnover guy, and he wouldn't make the critical plays uh, when you needed them. So a lot, of, a lot of Cowboy fans and fans sold their Dak Prescott stock. Come on, man. Um, I mean, you, you, you can buy it back with this defense, but, uh, again, I'll, I'll say it all year. He's still going to have to make big plays in January. He's still going to have to lead his team, and, and that's still going to come to that. Mm-hmm. Your defense, is, I don't think, is going to win. I mean, it can, it'll keep you in games in January. You still have to go make score points to beat a Philadelphia Eagles team or a San Francisco 49ers team. Yeah. Or even if you make it to the Super Bowl, you've got to beat a team like the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have to make some plays. And even as good as Jalen Hurts was last year, he couldn't outscore Patrick Mahomes when it mattered most. And he made plays. <laughs> you know, he was making plays. He made it still an incredible game. Yeah. Um, and you're right about that. I, I totally agree with you. And, and, and why? Because at, you're right. At one point in the playoffs, you're going to be going up against a team that is just as formidable as you are, and they're going to force Dak Prescott to have to beat them. Yep. And it's gonna. And by the way, same thing happened with Brock Purdy. The team's gonna be like, and Brock Purdy's about to beat me. And he was beating him last year until he got hurt. Uh, that, that's that's why those guys, the quarterback, make so much damn money. Because so at one much point, damn money. Because at one point, they're gonna have to earn it, and Dak's gonna have to earn it. And if you get past the divisional round, I, I'm with you. I think it'll be because Dak showed him. Uh, Dak has changed the narrative. Well, and and the argument is they've given him more. Weapons, right? Brandon Cooks has been brought in. He didn't play last week, but he'll play. And Michael Gallup's full, more healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now there's this talk of uh, Micah Parsons at tight end. Micah Parsons hey, is a weapon. Come I'm on, Al. say, Black Stradamus told y'all he's going to win that MVP. He's got to play offense. Jerry's already Jerry's already whispered in, in Big Mac's ear, hey, uh, hey, Big Mac, I need you to have a couple of plays for Micah because he's going to be the Just MVP in the red zone. Talk. Just in the red zone. Just in the red zone. Just one, and, no, he didn't even got to – he didn't really got to catch it. He just got to go out there and run a route. Oh, I he'll think catch that, it. But I'm just saying, you don't really have to target him. Just the MVP conversation needs him to play both sides of the ball. And if he's going defense, uh, those, I'd, give, I'd give him like five carries a game at running back. He's also doing it in high school. Time I want to say he averaged, he, had a, he averaged a touchdown every four carries. If, but, but you know what? If he gets if he gets hurt, I mean that would be the rip the fear. Right? Yeah, you the can't fear, coach exactly. the fear. The fear he gets popped. Yeah, you can't. And now all of a sudden he's hurt. We just saw Nick Chubb lose his leg yeah. on a carry. Uh, I would use him as tight end. Remember, Mike Vrabel, the coach of the Titans, has 11 career touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Remember when they would put him in at the goal line situations, and uh, he's such a great athlete yeah. that uh, he became Tom Brady, and you, you got Gronk out there. Well, now you got these really athletic tight ends, and they became – I could see that. At the same time, you know, if you get him hurt playing offense – we just said he, they built their defense around him, and uh, uh, it, it's enough of a risk. But I see your point. If he's going to win the MVP, he's got to make some splash plays like that. Yeah. 
They did, they did it for J.J. Watt. They tried it for J.J. Watt in Houston. Remember, they did it for him. You line up uh, in goal line yeah, situation, sure. red zone. They didn't make him an office player. So I'm just saying, yeah, you're right. You can't risk that because you're basically building your whole you know, Super Bowl uh, roster or Super Bowl hopes around Michael Parsons. But I think one or two plays in some big games. But I'm with you. I think you're right, E. Tight end. Less chance for injury. Less chance for him you know, to deal with some type of hellacious hit uh, when he's playing on the perimeter. And he can protect himself a little bit better at tight end as opposed to running back. I'm with you on that, but I think you're going to see it. Oh, since we're talking about Dak, we can wrap, wrap up this discussion real quick about Dak. Here's a little Dak stat for you, for all you Dak haters out there. Um, Dak Prescott had an 87 QBR versus the Jets. That was the highest QBR they've allowed since September of 2022 for opposing quarterback. And the EPA per play for the Cowboys versus the Jets um, was the highest EPA per play expected points added per play um, than all but two games uh, the Jets have played since September of 2022. So, all right, well, Cowboys I mean, in Arizona Sunday. Of course, the Longhorns play Baylor on uh, on Saturday night. Rod, you said you were going to go home yesterday in our What's Poppin' segment and uh, watch some film on Baylor and come up with a way that the Longhorns that Baylor can win this game. I know we don't have a lot of time right here, but we'll do it in our Behind the Burn Orange Curtain next hour. But a little tease on that. What did you see? How can Baylor win this football game? They're two, and eight, they're two touchdown fa- underdogs. They're 1-2. and mm. two, And as we said, it's 0-6 now in a row for Dave Aranda's teams against Power 5 teams. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it looks bleak. It'll be a Herculean task for them. But I think, honestly, they're going to copy a lot of the Wyoming blueprint. Truth is. Like Wyoming kept Texas, kept Texas, you know, fighting and scrapping for three quarters. So Texas decided they wanted to go thermonuclear in the fourth quarter. Then they blew them out. But with the new rules, man, you can choke the clock. And Baylor wants to run the football. Um, I, I think their game plan will be similar to Wyoming's. They believe that they can pop one or two big runs against Texas, which maybe they can. Uh, Wyoming popped that 62-yarder early in the game. And I think if they can control – and this is the thing that Texas defense has to do. They have to get Baylor in third and long. They did not do that versus Wyoming. And Wyoming was able to stay on the field because they were always in third and medium, third and manageable. That cannot be with Sawyer Robinson. You have to have him in third and long consistently, which means you got to win first down. Win first down, you forced him in second and long, second and long. Uh, offensive coordinators start thinking about throwing the football. Like, man, I don't want to get too, too deep of a hole on third down. Also, I would say Baylor will go for it on fourth down. Yeah, they will. So they look at it as sometimes, depending on where they are on the field, it's four down territory for them. So they will run the ball on third and third and long, thinking, oh, you know what, we'll get four yards here. We'll get three, four yards here and third and seven, and that'll make it easier fourth and two, and we'll go for it. So that's also why you got to win first down if you're a Texas. You, you give up three yards on first down, three, four yards, you're thinking, oh, that was a good first down. Actually, not for a team like Baylor who's thinking about going for it on fourth down and then choking the clock and extending that drive. you got to get off the field if you're a Texas. The only way to do that, win first down, force third and long. Uh, Svoboda. Svoboda? Svoboda, you got it, yep. Did I get it right? Svoboda? Svoboda? The V is silent. I don't know, for some reason I want to put two Bs in there. Svoboda, he actually uh, was only in third and long four times. Yeah. That's it. My short answer to what you just said would be my answer. They they need to to, to have the Wyoming game plan of almost 40 minutes of time of possession, get the game into the fourth quarter, 10 to 10. Find a way to win it. Get your home crowd behind it Mm -hmm. and then make a play. Obviously, Texas exploded behind their home crowd after – 
Thunderstruck was was jamming and everybody went crazy. Uh, that was what you would want to do if you're Dave Aranda. Do they have the talent to do that? Because I don't. I, I said I've said I think having seen Baylor play this year and then seen Wyoming up close, I think Wyoming would beat Baylor right now. I mean, I think I thought I was really impressed with how sound and tough the Baylor, Baylor already I mean, Wyoming already beat Tech. So I I don't I think they could win that game. Uh, so clearly Texas has to play down to this team because Texas is more talented yep. uh, than them, and that would be my concern. If I'm if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you know players watch film, and it, it, it would be easy for a player and even the coaches to watch this Baylor film and take it like I am, like these guys aren't very good. Mm-hmm. Then you start taking some things for granted. You don't put in the work and the effort. Like, I got this licked, and I'm not going to watch as much film this week. That's how you get beat in this game. And that's what Texas as a program and a player-to-player can't do. You can't prep for this game differently than you did Alabama. Mm-hmm. I know you don't have as much time as you have for Alabama. I'm just talking about your game-to-game you know, yep. dedication to the film work and, and taking. This is something that in our conversation before the season we had with Todd Dodge. Uh, the legendary high school coach, Rod, yeah, uh, Westlake and Southlake Carroll won seven state titles. And we asked him what is the key to, to reeling off all these wins in a row in state titles. He said, respect every opponent. Respect every opponent. Even if you watch film and they don't look very good, you just have to believe that they could show up and play their best game on Saturday or Friday yeah. night in that mm-hmm. case. You have to res- and you know how you respect every opponent, he said? Prepare like hell. Prepare like hell and then kick their ass. <laughs> yep. That's what. That's exactly what Todd Dodge said. You, that's what he told his team. Mm-hmm. You respect your opponent. Even if you're a better team, they're inferior. You you respect them by preparing for them like they're they're going to beat you, and then just whip their ass, dominating. Them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that shows respect to that team because uh, the, the teams you when you don't respect them is when you get beat, mm-hmm. and you think you're better than them. Uh, all right, we'll come back. When we do, we'll uh, get some bullish or BS, uh, some things we're bullish on and not good debate topics out there, and there are plenty of those right now. Also, uh, Rod will have some behind the burn orange curtain. More on that, how Baylor can keep in this game and maybe upset the Longhorns in the last meeting, maybe ever, between the two I-35 rivals. We're coming back. Bullish or BS next. We got a lot of nice girls. Huh? Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Bullish or BS time. You know what's funny about Bullish or BS? Uh, brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Got a what's text that? From, got a text from my buddy J.J. Gotch hey. last night. What's up, J.J.? He, of course, the president of the Austin Gamblers, said, uh, hey, are you happy with Dr. Greg Eckert? Is that just doing an advertising plug? I was like, heck no. you kidding me? I'm so bullish on Dr. Eckert, my new smile, and what he can do for you. Also, the Brain Vault technology. I was like, come on, J.J., get Dr. in there. You. Get, in, get the work. That's where you need to be. Damn right. And um, appreciate Dr. Eckert. I need to make Very an appointment for Dr. You too, man. Yeah, I know man. Patrick went not too long ago. He's looking good. About it, looking good. I need to get that done. It needs to happen. Great new smile. Okay, yeah. so Dr. Record with you. Hey, uh, also bullish on this, Rod. Bullish or BS? Here we go. Here's a stat. You're going to like this. Give Week three of the NFL. Week three of the NFL kicks off tonight. So if you go back 20 years plus, Rod, teams who are 0-2 and have failed to cover the spread in back-to-back games to start the season, the third week... They win the game or cover the spread over 65% of the time in week three. It's a good okay? stat. I okay? like that. Over 65% of the time. The teams that have the opportunity to do that this week, these are teams who lost, not just lost their, their first two games, but didn't cover the spread in either one of them. The Patriots are at the Jets, minus two and a half. The Texans are at Jacksonville, plus nine and a half. The Broncos in Miami, plus six and a half. The Bears, plus... 13 and a half at the Chiefs. No, don't And the that. Bengals minus two and a half v the LA Rams. The so two, the, the history of the last two decades would tell you 
that it, the numbers would say three of those teams are going to at least cover the spread. Which uh, I got which two, two or you. three would you be most the, bullish on? The two. Okay, so you said that didn't they that zero and two that didn't cover the spread. Right. Last now again that within their yes, this is our third game. Third lost game lost and didn't cover. Lost and didn't cover. So the Patriots are in that in that group, right? Yes. Minus two and a half. The plus, Patriots have minus two and a half, right? Yeah, they're favored. Yeah. Okay. They have the be, Jets. Remember, they've beaten the Jets. I gave you sir, they've beaten the Jets. 14 straight matchups. <laughs> 14. You got to go all the way back to 2015. It's the last time the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets beat the Patriots. So I'll like, I like the Patriots now, and I'll, I'll go with history. Um, the other one is the Texans. I don't know what it is about the Texans in Jacksonville. You know it, E. You've watched the Texans. They play well in Jacksonville. I don't know Even what the Even when they've been horrible. Even when they're bad. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are pretty good. Houston has won each of the last five games in Jacksonville. Eight of the last nine in Jacksonville. Hell, um, uh, Trevor Lawrence admitted he's only won it once against the Texans in Jacksonville. It's crazy. And they're getting nine and a half. They're catching nine and a half points. I like that one a lot, too. I'm just throwing that out. That might know. be one. And now, again, Houston has why. got such an offensive line issue, and I think Laramie Tunsil's going to play this week. Which means they'll have two starters available. See, that's better than last week. And CJ Stroud's one. fourth in passing yards right now. He's doing pretty good. No picks. Yeah, that could be one of those backdoor covers. CJ is playing very well. Um, and they're going to run Damian Pierce now. They, they. I don't know do. why they haven't really been able to get him going. They get him going. The offense probably because of the O line. Yeah, probably why. And, 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 and look, Derek Stingley's played well. They're you know Will Anderson's playing well on defense. That that, that loss to the Colts was like early knockout because of turnovers, and it was 21 or twenty one seven early. Um, and so, yeah, I like Houston and New England. Not Denver. We'll Denver one. at Miami. You're getting almost a touchdown. No. If you can get that to seven, maybe. But yeah, the, the Dolphins are going to beat them. They're going to sit. And that's, that's, pulverize oh, wait, that's Vic Fangio against his former team. Oh, yeah. Oh, and trust Remember, me. Remember, he man. was the head coach in Denver. And you're talking about the best offense in the league right now. Miami's got the best offense in the league, and it actually is not that close. It's not close. Just like the Cowboys have the best defense, and it's not <laughs> it's, that close. The Dolphins close. are the same on offense. Uh, and I don't feel – we just talked about the Bears earlier. The Bears getting catching almost two touchdowns. Chiefs have been angry this week. Chiefs are – Yeah, they didn't play well. They but, won, but they didn't play well. Well, homies got paid, got mm-hmm. a raise. You know, Kelsey's dating T-Swizzle. T, T Come <laughs> on, man. A lot of swag Chris in that Jones is back. Right and Justin Fields is just playing – Terribly. I mean, he's he's playing. This is the worst football he's played as a pro, and he's playing some bad football, but he's playing really bad football right now. Can I give you a Justin Fields stat that's just crazy? Yeah. If you look at highest QB sack percentage since 1970, that's the Super Bowl era, he's second all time now. I don't, well, I don't know if I could pick three out of this, these five. Second all time. Second all time. That's crazy. I, I, I'd like to say the Bengals versus the Rams oh, at man. home. It's a home game for the Bengals, and they're. they're Favored by inside a field goal against LA, but I don't think they don't know if Joe Burrow's going to play. If Joe Burrow's not going to play, uh, I wouldn't go with that. I can't trust that. What you say? Who's that? Is it Trevor Simeon? You says the backup? I think it is. No, it's um, they got another one. It's uh, I'll look it up. It's a rookie. It's a rookie or second year guy. Trevor Simeon's a free agent, and Brandon uh, Allen, who I mentioned, okay. with the Forty uh, Niners. Yeah, yeah that's nah, just, that's just the history of the system. Doesn't mean it has to happen, but uh, it's a twenty years of history. But, yeah, I like Houston. Man. New England could win that game outright. They own the Jets. They own them. And the Texans do kind of own the Jacksonville Jaguars. In Jacksonville. I don't know why they play so well in Jacksonville. I don't get it. But they do. Uh, good stuff there. Bullish and BS. Come back. You know, we're, has an organization had a worse week than the Bears are having right now? I don't think so. We'll recap that. We'll hear from <laughs> Justin Fields. Throwing his coaches under the bus, having walked back, and then, uh-oh. What happened? The defensive coordinator's house was raided by the FBI. Say what? Whoops.
problems in Chicago. Uh, Longhorns getting ready for the Bears. We've got a uh, lot to do. It's Ian Rodby. Hook them up.